Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast for an independent publishing company that explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. My name is Luke Condo of Kate, and today I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Daniel Wilcox. Hi guys. And today we are talking about comics, Kickstarter, small press, Comic-Cons, what to do if you're a writer and you want to get a comic book off the ground. And we're also going to be talking about Ghosts. Uh, we're joined by comic book writer, publisher, and the BAFTA-nominated filmmaker, uh, Joey Oliveira. How's it going, man? Hi, guys. I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so, uh, what have you guys been up to? What have you been making? Uh, Dan, I know you've been... Uh, you've just done... Can you talk about that yet, or is that... No. Really me into that bit. Okay. Joey, what have you been working on, dude? Um, so I've just finished a Kickstarter for issue two of Ghost Island. I've just come off the back of that and I'm just putting everything into um just the artwork's finished for that now. So I'm actually doing the lettering for this issue. So okay. um I'm actually working on that at the moment and just getting that try and get that finished for London Super Comic Con in August. Are you all nice. done, finished with your uh, last campaign, the first campaign? Sorry? Are you, are you all like fulfilled and uh, got all your rewards out and stuff for the first one then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. that was yeah. that was, uh, that was was back in Jan- January. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it took us a while to get ours out. So uh, <laughs> still, oh. <laughs> uh, I think we only, only just managed to get them out, uh, finished all of the fulfillment uh, last week. Uh, but it feels good to have it all done. No, it's sick of I've got my copy now. Yeah, I haven't yeah. had a chance to read it yet, but it, oh, looks, cool. looks, it looks perfect. That's cool. Surreal holding your own comic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Dan, what have you been um, doing that you can talk about? <laughs> so, yeah, I've um, wrapped up a novella, which um, I'm not allowed to say too much about yet, but could be coming out, well, should be coming out at some point later this year, which is quite exciting. Um, and I've also been putting together or looking at the plans for um, our next series, which is um, we, we kind of the project name for it is are we are we say the project name. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, we've said it before. Yeah, Trollpocalypse. So it's basically going to be um, another post-apocalyptic series, but a little bit different to they rot. Just a, a bit of a different style, just to have a bit yeah. of play. And they have trolls. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we're also looking at the actual launch now of Lazarus, which was um, for long-term listeners to Pete the one of the um, it was. 
the second half of the books that we originally started co-writing together when we started doing our sort of cross path yeah. publishing stuff but yeah so i'm really excited to see that coming together um and just getting out there because we've been working on that for nearly a year now yeah it's good though i'm, I'm happy with it it's uh, come, mm. come together quite nicely um and that kind of leads into your big whoop right for this week yeah yeah so I just jump, jump straight into it yeah go for it yeah, so my big whoop um, this week is that we are running a 99designs um, competition for the book cover for Lazarus. Um, and we've, we, we've never used 99designs before, but we've heard a lot about it through other podcasts. And it's one of those things that I was a bit dubious about to start with, but also quite excited because for people that don't know, it's um, an online marketplace where you put up your brief, you put what you're looking for from, it could be a logo, a book cover, a magazine cover, anything artsy. And it just has a pool of designers that will jump in and give you ideas or their versions of designs mm. and then what you do is slowly as time goes by you eliminate them down into your finalists get them to tweak the designs and then you pay the winner but if you don't like any designs you don't really have to pay and put people forward so it's kind of a there's no downside yeah. to doing it <laughs> yeah um, and we had we had some fantastic entries come in and we, we've narrowed it down to three but i think we know which one we're going with now yeah that seems to be the uh, the one that's been picked the most it's got the most five star yeah. ratings anyway um yeah yeah so that'd be cool. Uh, so, Joey, what's have you got a big whoop for us? Uh, my big whoop. I'm going to say uh, the movie War of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, I find it's um, good. Okay. Uh, Chris Stuckman's like a big YouTube reviewer that I watch a lot of. He gave it an A plus, I think. Did he? Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, that's right. I haven't even I haven't even seen it yet, but it's still my big whoop. <laughs> right. <It's> like... <laughs> well, apparently it's going to be great. I think you're going to yeah. like it. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm I'm on the hype train for yeah. This well, the first movie. two were great. In fact, I don't think yeah. I even watched it. Um, I think I. Watched the second one in passing, but the first one I really like, absolutely loved, and really got into mm. it. It gets better, you know. It's yeah. it's one of the most consistent franchises I think that's going right now. You think it's like overlooked because it's one thing that I don't really hear people talk about until they actually come out. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, there's because there's a lot of blockbusters coming out at the moment as well. There's Dunkirk coming out at the week after it as well, so that doesn't necessarily help. Like Baby Driver, uh, Spider Man Homecoming, Dunkirk. Mm. Yeah, there's so many films at the minute I really want to see. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I forgot War of the Planet of the Apes was was a thing. I remember seeing the trailer, and yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Luke. Like I've seen the first one. I've not actually seen the second one myself, but the first one I remember being a fantastic film when I first watched it. But it's like you enjoy it, and then it's just you don't think about it anymore. Mm. The CGI is incredible as well. It's like you forget they're not real apes. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still Andy Serkis. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, oh. he's put so much into it. You can tell he's very passionate about it, and I love mm. that yeah. about it. I used to, I did like, I volunteered at the London Screenwriters Festival a few years ago, and their offices was opposite Andy Circus's, um, what it's called, like Imagination Studios or Imaginarium Studios. Imaginarium, I think, yeah. 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 But I kept like, yeah, looking I'll... in the windows to try and see someone, mm-hmm. but I didn't see anything interesting. Have you been inside? No, no, because their, um... their office I was in was just like a normal, boring office. Yeah, yeah, I've got a friend who knows a person that works there, and apparently in the lobby they've just got a massive, like, twenty foot golem statue. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I'd get that just for myself. If I if I owned an office, I'd just get a twenty foot statue of myself. Of yourself? Okay. Just of myself. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe holding a pet caterpillar. Yeah. So. Quick uh... <laughs> silence aside. What's your What's your big one? <laughs> I just had to check my notes. That's what I was. That's what I was, I was just checking my notes. Okay. Um. I got here the Almarvo uh, ships, uh, and I'm just sort of really happy to have that out. I think when you sort of do a Kickstarter campaign, it's always like the worry that you're gonna bluff it up, like you're mm. gonna like do so, like you're not gonna have enough money, you're not gonna ask for enough, or you're not gonna make enough, or you've not counted shipping posting right. And because it was first one, 
I was just terrified that I was going to get an after ship in and the maths just weren't going to work. But it actually came, I think, like, we actually made £10 profit <laughs> out of it all. Like, so we managed to get it just down to the wire. Um, so I'm quite happy with it. But, um, yeah, but uh, I mean, we were never really went into it to make a profit initially, just to sort of get a, get something off the ground. I don't know about you, Joe, did you... Did, did you try and make a profit from yours or is it like a... no 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 make a profit more like make get in debt kind of thing from the first one yeah. the first one like you were saying about shipping i had not calculated that at all and that really yeah. nearly put, put me to bed how did you uh, yeah. how did you go about it because i ended up with like quite a nice little, little system uh on like the royal mail website uh, batching it all you, I can't really probe oh, it yeah yeah you don't you done it the really proper way i did it just turned up to the post office here's all 80 boxes <laughs> take it yeah i didn't do it that way were many of them going abroad as well because i i did yeah. that i turned up because so i didn't have pre-packaging and pre-label printing and stuff and i turned up with all the obc stuff and then i like handed them over and he goes you know you need to put the eu label like the things you need to sign out and put them on these and i had to take them back and that took me another three hours to just just write out like loads and loads of these oh EU customs things. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> but it's cool. I enjoyed it. Eh? I mean, um, so we'll, we'll get into the Kickstarter stuff later on. But I mean, do you want to give us a bit of an idea of, of who you are, what you do, uh, how you got into this whole writing game and uh, and go from there, really? Okay. Um, so I'm the writer of Ghost Island. Uh, it's a supernatural horror graphic novel series. Um, I work full time. This is not my only thing that I do. This is like something I'm passionate about. That's what I work on, really. Um, and I used to be a filmmaker. Well, I still do a bit of short movie making stuff still. And <clears throat> yeah, I've just moved away from that and gone into comics in the last um, 15 months, I'd say. Um, yeah. So, I mean, um, what so was film the thing that you, when you first started like making stuff? You were like, film is the thing I want to do. What sort of got you into film in the first place? Um, I got given a camera, like a tiniest camera. This is going back in 2003 now. And it was like smaller, uh, can't even smaller than half, half the size of a packet crisps or something like that. Okay, yeah. just, a little, just a little box at my uh, mom and stepdad got me for my 13th birthday. And on the weekends, I'd just go out and just shoot some silly videos and then come back and edit them together to some music and then it just developed and snowballed into something it's like oh i'll start writing a script for this and we'll go out and do like an action film on the streets of liverpool or you yeah. know and i done that for like the last uh 10 years from there and just went to festivals and then that's how the bafta nomination came as well so what, what was the film that won the bafta so it was a film called inhibitions okay um and i literally just i wrote that film that directed it and acted in it there was no one else involved it was just yeah. me and so i was just like just set the tripod up and do my own thing it's because not a lot of people were available to you know film all the time so it's like out of frustration i was like i'm just going to still do this but on my own and then i entered it into a film festival in leicester square that was held and then we got shortlisted to the final three and it was down to like a, a public vote and yeah. people got to vote and i came running off but it was still cool to go down there and you know, that's, cool. that's a fantastic thing because it, it takes a lot of um i guess self-motivation and confidence in, in your stuff to actually submit to a festival in the first place um i mean had you acted in stuff before or was that also like your first yeah that was that was my first gig as well i was just like 
no one else is going to do it, so I'll just bloody do it. So I was just going to say, did you um, get any funding for that, or was that like a, just a purely zero budget? Yeah. Sort of, okay, yeah. Z- zero budget. Um, now yeah. I was on. I was only like uh, I was nineteen, but you know, um, not enough to make a little action Hollywood action budget film. Yeah, yeah. So it was just a small one. Yeah, it was just a little indie festival. So um, they took it in. And what was it that caused the switch from filmmaking to comics? Because I I know from um, a few people that generally they switch from things like film to something like writing short stories or novels because you are then fully in control of what you're doing and it seems to be quote an easier route obviously it's not but from what i understand going from film which is quite a tricky industry to then going into comics which is also quite a a tricky industry what was that kind of transition um going back to how i got into it it was more out of uh, the frustration really the the filmmaking route was gonna take a lot of i was doing working hard at it but it was gonna i was either try and get some money together and get yeah. a, a real job in quote <laughs> yeah. uh, and try and do it on the side but it just took over my life the job so um i went into comics really and just it was like you said it was quite a hard route but it was quite easier for me because i storyboard a lot of my um work like every shot in film i storyboard everything that happens on the script is in my head basically yeah. So I can quite easily write that down. And for comics, it's like a dream because I can describe what shot I want. I can like medium shot, wide shot, and I can, uh, you know, just explain the shot to the artist, and hopefully they can read my English and yeah. translate that to, <laughs> translate that to the page. And mm-hmm. I'd say it was quite quite a smooth transition into it, really. Yeah, I think like visual storytelling, especially writing for visual storytelling. It's all very similar. Uh, I was reading Warren Ellis's newsletter and he was talking about, so he's just done the Castlevania Netflix series for animation. And um, he was talking to the newsletter about how he's kind of been practicing for that for the last 20, 30 years because he'd been writing comics all that time. It's the same, mm. it's the same idea, just writing for sort of visual medium. But uh, I mean, I, I've, I'm quite similar to you because filmmaking was the thing I thought I was going to do. I was like, yeah. film, film is what I'm going to do. But um, I couldn't get any funding for one thing. And it just seemed to be impossible to get funding. And then I just kind of realized how expensive and how sort of much how painful filmmaking is compared to just sitting at your computer and writing. <laughs> or like getting, it's a lazy man, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only film I did that did, did all right, I actually sort of worked out a way to do it from my bedroom, um, which is Keith. But I, I, I prefer doing comics and, and stories and, and uh, like what we're doing now, Dan, like this is kind of the dream mm. really just to, no matter where we are, we can jump on Skype, talk about a story, and then start writing a story down. Yeah, yeah just create. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, did you have any sort of like, um, when you got into comic book making, were you like, what was the point that made you go from, uh, I quite, quite fancy making a comic to, it's actually something possible. This is actually something that we could get together and, and get, get made. Mm, uh, it came from, I mean, the comic medium itself, I never even thought about it. It just came across through, a friend suggested that I started reading the Walking Dead comics to yeah. catch up with the, the series kind of thing. And that opened, that just opened a world for me because I was thinking I'd only ever been exposed to superhero comics and that's all it's ever been for me. Not something that could be potentially grounded in a, you know, comic book universe and maybe, you know, people can, it can be like real life stories, basically you can tell on the page, can't it? Um, yeah. But 
yeah, it just came from came from that really. And was it when you were um, doing your filmmaking? Was the because I I well we read Ghost Island or I've read Volume One, and um, obviously it's a very very dark story. Yeah. Was that the kind of stuff that you were doing in filmmaking, or is the shift in medium also shifted your genre as well? No, it's always been it's always been like horror, dark thriller, uh, dark dark tale stories. Um, yeah. I'm not I'm not like a rom com guy or. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, uh, who hurt you then as a child <laughs> that, that's for another podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah a personal one just for you yeah <laughs> um that's cool then man. i mean is there any so robert kirkman i guess and like the whole image comic sort of scene is there any sort of creators out there who like really inspired you uh and sort of the, the way you told the story like i don't want, like alan moore or you know is there any people like that that you really were inspired by um i'd say again like walking dead that obviously opened the world to me like a character driven story you know there's a lot of lot of that in that um i read the watchman as well maybe for some sort of style um but i am i am a bit of a comics noob i still i've got a lot of catching up to do in the you know comics world but i'm more concentrating on the indie scene and grabbing people's comics and just like every time i see somebody on kickstart with a good idea on whether a comic or like a dark story someone's like yeah just give me it come on let's go yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so there's so many cool comics to do on that on kickstarter doing the whole small press thing though but i do think you kind of get more interesting stuff on there than you do in definitely marvel and dc uh, but like even like in images of that, like some of the stuff that's coming out on kickstarter is just kind of insane um but um, I mean, do you, do you regularly sort of go on Kickstarter and check what's going out, or do you? Is it, <laughs> yeah. is there, oh, you do, okay. Yeah, it's just like almost every other day, probably just like check the new um, tab and just see what what's coming through, kind of thing. It's not only that; it's about seeing who else is out there, kind of networking as well. You know, who you know, we're in the UK or America. It's just like seeing these other creators because it's not really an easy and open way to connect with other creators, other than probably Twitter, where. You know, you're following someone else's retweet, or it's not really a, a big net network for it to find. If you get me, yeah, yeah. So, uh, were there any sort of like, um, what kind of lessons do you think that you sort of learned whilst filmmaking that, is, that you brought over to like the comic making process? Um, so, as I said before about the storyboarding, I did a lot of that with the filmmaking and that obviously helped a hell of a lot going into comics because when you're trying to get your idea across the artist to draw what's in your head, um, mm. that obviously helped a lot in um, trying to get the vision onto the page. And she's absolutely nailed it, I think, Annabella Tullioni, trying to get what I did have in my head onto the page. Um, I do miss a lot. It was difficult leaving out the audio and music away from filmmaking because yeah. I'm, to I'm totally about somebody like immersing that person reading the comic. So, or watching a film like the, the music or that, yeah. that plays a big part in my short films, the music and atmosphere of things. Um, so I definitely miss that in the comic. Yeah. So, so the because there's quite a few pages where there's not many speech bubbles, and I think that's where maybe some I can tighten up on in future comics because that's where probably the music would come in and my scripts. Dun, 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 you know. dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think kind of like um, with film, you you control the pacing of the narrative. With comics, like mm -hmm. it's it's kind of it's. I mean, you can like fill more text into the panels where you want people to slow down a bit. But there's not much more you can do than that because people are going to read 
at whatever pace they want. I mean, some people don't even read the text. I'm sure they just sort of like flick through it, <laughs> look at the pretty pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure my mate does some of that. Yeah. But, um, what what was the original um, idea behind Ghost Island? What was the seed that made made that become your first Kickstarter project? Um, it was really from. Well, I had a bit of a not a f- fail, just like a bit of a jump start with a previous comic idea called Twenty Eighty Four, uh, the New Order, and it was like a set in the UK. Um, like a post-apocalyptic society, kind of 1984 cross beef of vendetta. Um, all the UKs divided into states and walled up, like Trump style. I wrote yeah. this four years ago, so <laughs> bit of That's a terrifying. Nostradamus, <laughs> Nostradamus type thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I went, went on to Ghost Island into from just like frustration from horror movies, where like there's a bad guy in it or there's a serial killer in it, and he's just bad because of it and you don't find out what makes this person evil um, and that's where it came from for the idea for Ghost Island, all the ghosts that are on the island have got some kind of evil dark past and through the psychic of Josh we go into that and go into their flashbacks of like their origins, you know, how, how they ended up in there why, why is the guy called the Butcher really just yeah. <laughs> on the island there's all these different um, evil characters housed on the island so, yeah. yeah, it was just it went from what makes a person evil? That was like this simple question that spawned from it. Yeah. yeah. Does it make it mostly about um, trying to tell the stories that haven't been told before and looking for that unique idea rather than, because I know a lot of people when they put ideas together, they'll tend to, I mean, me and Luke do it with some of our stories. We'll pick two ideas and merge them together because it's sometimes difficult to find that original bend, that original angle. Yeah. So is that kind of part of what you look for then? Or would you say that Ghost Island was inspired heavily by something that is already pre-existing? Uh, I mean, I came to think of that afterwards, like after I'd finished it all, somebody said, oh, so it's Jurassic Park with ghosts. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe in my subconscious, that's Jurassic Park is like one of my favourite films. So maybe in the subconscious, in the back of my head, maybe that's where it came from, but wasn't essential because yeah. <laughs> yeah. i really did like uh, i loved the idea as um you've got a lot of characters especially in that first issue it sets up really well with you've got a lot of what i'd probably call dominant characters that have their own story that are all quite interesting and different but it's not like so far out of everyone being completely polar opposite that it's jarring yeah well the, yeah it's I love the idea of having like these set amount of characters go into the island and we're all starting the journey with them kind of thing. And we know we've got some layers to peel back about them, but we know they're all new to this experience together and we're all going on it with them and we're going to find out things together and we're going to find out bits and pieces about them, which might throw things up in the air. So yeah, I, I, that's how I liked it as well. Yeah. 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 So how, how many issues are you looking at doing? So it's five five issues. Obviously, the first issue was um, forty four pages, and they're going to continue to be quite quite long. The second one's thirty eight, and we'll probably stick around the forty page for the and the final one probably be about fifty sixty. So yeah. it's like like a big finale of the yeah. yeah. So, so how long ago was it? So you, you were sitting down, you were like um, uh, watching Jurassic Park, say, <laughs> and then. <laughs> And then, like, how long ago was it when you first started to put pen to paper and started to like write out, um, write out the ideas? And was it the characters who sort of came first, or was it like the idea of the 
uh, the, the theme park ghost sort of thing? Or uh, how did that whole process work? Um, so it started with the characters, let's say. It started with Josh, the main character, where he's like a troubled psychic. Um, and his his fiance has been, well, she's like missing and presumed dead by a lot of the press. And it was just following from that and what push it, like pushes him to find out more about, well, he can't remember anything. He's just completely blacked out from the experience. He doesn't know where she's gone. She doesn't know what happened to him, but her blood was found on her hands. So then we just spawned from that and threw them into Jurassic Park with Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, those, uh, been... the first 10 pages, like, I think it's about 10 pages, so were really great. Uh, I mean, so you, you made this comic and then um, you sort of hand it out there. Like, what did people react? Mm. People you know react to like the, the child murder, right? Uh, I've been to a few conventions and like I've got kids coming up to the table flicking through the first 10 pages like whoa stop right there (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean the the reaction and reviews have been fantastic I mean it's like I kind of wanted like a kind of bad review so I could like improve on you know Mm. improve on the process but I've got my own critiques of myself uh, to improve on but again the audience reaction has been fantastic yeah uh, it's yeah What's your sort of um? What's your selling strategy? Do you go to cons? Do you have like your website? What are, What are the main channels that you use to sell the book, um, comic? Uh, conventions, yeah, definitely conventions at the moment. Like uh, as soon as Kickstarter issue one finished, I was like, I'm going to try and get um, get out there as much as possible now and try and build up like a a, a fan base kind of thing, a mm-hmm. following. And so I booked about. Mm, 1920 conventions for this year. Wow. This year. <laughs> yeah. How many of them have you done so far? Um, sorry, One. I'm just on the, the board. I've done uh, 13 okay. so far. Yeah. So yeah. how? So how? Like conventions is something like I really want to do more of because I want to do some like in the real world sort of stuff. It's um, nice to meet people and to yeah. interact, isn't it? We, we've, yeah, done, we, we've done one so far, and that was like just just kind of lovely to sort of get out there. But at the same time, I'm kind of nervous because like it's a lot of money. Like it would seem to all ask for like at least 50 quid or so to, to book a table. Right. Is that, where, yeah. Where did you guys go? Uh, uh, we did the link on, um, link on. Yeah. 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 yeah that was last October. It was, it was in, um, the engine shed, which is, it's kind of a small venue, but they, they, they did well with the space, but we thought we'd start small just to iron out any sort of kinks we might have yeah. and just give it a bit of a practice run. Yeah. But we're at... Sorry. Oh. I think it was before you had the comic out and you were, Gotta yeah, do it without the comic. Exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. So we didn't. Yes. Um, we just had a few books. We had, we yeah, we had a few books. Yeah, we and didn't... the other, the so... other stories as well. We had um, CDs of that. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, um, so did you, did you factor in the, the cost of like, all these things, or did you sort of pay for yourself and think um, I'll make money from one that will pay for the others, or how did that whole side of it work? So I had a bit of money saved up um, from, like, I just, like, saved up money for the issue one, yeah. um, Kickstarter and other, uh, just for the launch of it, really. And, yeah, the conventions just, yeah, again, put me in, <laughs> into the black again. Just booking <laughs> yeah. up a, lo- a load of conventions, and I wasn't going to expect to make profit yeah. over it, but hopefully break even, you know, from each one. Because yeah. I've, I've only got one book on the table, so it's not like, yeah, yeah. you know, people are just going to buy one. You can't buy anything else so um i expanded on it a bit with some merchandise and stuff to bulk it up a bit and yeah people bought into that uh for now until more books come out but 
Yeah, the plan was always to either break even, hopefully I could maybe make some money back for travel costs, maybe a hotel or something like that. But Yeah, I think there's a good lesson there in, like you say, if you are limited and you do only have sort of one one book, one comic, whatever it is, there are other avenues in putting out merchandise and looking for different ways to bulk up your um your, your store your store a bit so what were there any particular bits of merchandise that worked more than others was there anything that you thought was would sort of sell like hotcakes it didn't so i'll go i'll go through what merchandise i've got i've got um badges they go down really well with kids and stuff um but <laughs> not, the, <laughs> not the comic itself that with the deaf just take it away I'll... hand him a badge um, yeah, I've got badges. Uh, I've yeah. got T-shirts now with the front cover skull on. Uh, they do quite well. Um, what else have I got? I've got notebooks. They they do the best. I love notebooks. Notebooks. People like notebooks, okay. yeah. Um, that's got the skull, skull on again. Um, <laughs> I see Luke's eyes lighting up then. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like notebooks as well. I don't see, know, see I don't know. Tend to use them. I've seen, I've seen dollar marks in your eyes. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'd, I'd say the notebooks do the best. Um, I've got like little art cards as well. People like them, you know, of the ghost characters. Mm. Uh, but yeah. You ever thought of doing a poster of your front cover? Sorry, yeah, I've got posters as well. Oh, yeah. Do they sell it? Yes. Not at all. <laughs> so we need some additional bits for, for our store. I, I know people like um, bookmarks as well. I, I've never invested book. Like you've got, you can have all your social media on there as well. You can fit that all on. Yeah. So, like, comes like the main thing for you at the minute, and sort of, uh, is there any sort of more, like more digital ways of like audience building you're looking at, or are you sort of strictly in the in the real world, shall we say, <laughs> like in the physical world? <laughs> uh, I'd love to uh, say master the digital world, but no, not yet. I mean, I want to get the comics on. Obviously, comicsology. Yeah. Um, Comic House, Comic House is on there. Um, Comics Central as well. That looks like a really buzzing yeah. website at the moment. They they give you ninety percent of the profit, you know, of what um, you sell as well. But yeah, they definitely just cons at the moment, and just trying to build up that 
the fan base. Um, I'm just followers, really. Yeah. Do you, do you often go and speak to other storeholders and try and um, like network? How how important is that to sort of meet other comic makers for you? Oh yeah, definitely. Just it keeps you sane more than more than anything because yeah. you could be at a convention. I mean, I've had two or, two or three really rough conventions where it's been called the Comic Con and I've been the only per- comic trader there. You know, yeah. it's oh. quite quite really frustrating. And like there was a last one that I was at in Southport and there was a, another table. Like it was just or me and another table. I was like. I'm going to go over to keep myself sane and let's talk comics for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And, but now it's great. Just, you know, any chance I can get away from the table and meet other creators and, you know, talk about what we do, you know, that it's yeah. something we're all passionate about. You know, it's great to talk about. Mm. So, so for Reds, because we want to do some Comic Cons at some point, I think we've got one booked Nottingham Comic Con. Uh, in October. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll be there too. You know, hey. the, you know the table number yeah. then. <laughs> I, I don't know, but we'll okay. have to meet up for a drink after. Yeah, we? definitely. Yeah, yeah. Nottingham sort of like my home city as well, so it'd be nice to sort of Epic. go there and sort of see some people. Um, so what sort of advice would you sort of give to us for like looking to book some comic book? What should we avoid? Like uh, what should we be looking for on like, the comic book website and what they're providing? Like what sort of, is £50 like a good sort of average to pay or should we be looking for deals <laughs> or pay? <laughs> yeah, deals. I'll give you a comic book and trade for the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a website called comicconventions.co.uk. They have most of the um, conventions on there that predominantly sell comics. Okay. But, you know, there's only so many going on there. And then I've gone from outsource from there and there's been like, uh, there's conventions everywhere basically, but they're not just comics, you know, it's, yeah. but some, some you can do well at, some you can't. And what I've tried to do is, like say what was the last one Southport I've tried to do like hashtag searches or Facebook searches of these conventions and try and look at pictures basically and see is this busy is it you know what the footfall is like or yeah um so definitely go that route but uh it's difficult I mean I'm I booked on so many conventions because there's not many uh reviews of them or just you you don't know until you do them you know yeah and it seems to be like that, more and more popping up, right? There seems to be new Comic Cons every other week. And the thing is, with that, anybody can do them. You know, you or I could set up a Comic Con and it could just be somebody. I don't want to piss on somebody, but they could just be doing it, just be doing it for the money. You know, you get all the, you talk about trader table money. Yeah. Um, that it's a lot of money going into that event, and that person might not be not even care about comics or, you know, traders or anything like that. But they get the money at the end of the end of the day, so it's not. Yeah, we've had two set up in Lincoln in the past. There was the one that we went to last year, and then the year before that, there was another one run by a different company, a different venue. And it was pretty much just packing as many stalls into a tiny space as possible and just taking money on the door. And it was just, it just wasn't, it it wasn't convenient for the people going around or the storeholders. Um, And the people that did it last year did a much better job. Um, But I think, yeah, directly seeing some people that do just cram in for the cash and some people that actually care about the people that are there i think it's important to do research where you can because i mean you said um you said you're you're quite good friends with frizz on comics yeah yeah who are previous guests that have been on our show for anyone that wants to listen to that episode i think that was one of our earliest ones yeah um but i mean i know that they've 
pretty much spent a year and a half going to different conventions. Have you used their mind at all to sort of just ask about different locations? Yeah, well, we've bumped into each other a couple of times now, and I previously recommended them to a convention that turned out to be utter rubbish. So maybe yeah. they won't listen, won't listen to me again. <laughs> gonna, don't ask them for advice. They're going to send you to like a shed or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or is there a lesson there that the same Comic Con could be completely different on two different occasions? Yeah. Possibly, yeah. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, this is my first year as well doing it. Mm. So the only advice I can probably give is... Um, You've just got to go with the gut feeling, possibly with some of them. Maybe see if other creators are going to them. Um, yeah. There was a really good one, I think, just went Cardiff. Um, yeah, I saw some stuff about that. It looks like it was I fun. Yeah. I think, yeah, someone's on the awesome comics podcast talking about um, how comics, you know, it was just all about the comics, basically. And you you want to go to something like that. You want to be a part of something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's what I tried to do. I think you mentioned you've seen the vlog that I did once yeah, on yeah. Magicon. I mean, I was going to do one for every Comic Con and try and yeah. do a review for people to show what the good best one was like. But then the con started booking up like 18, 19. I was like, that's too many vlogs. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. A lot. Yeah. So, um, so if we could just jump on back to the comic itself for, for a little minute or two. Uh, so a lot of people kind of asked me, they say they want to get into comics or they've seen when we posted in our in our awful groups that we made this comic and they were like i want to do that as well where do i get an artist and uh, i don't really realize sort of how difficult it is to find an artist i mean how did you find we're going to mispronounce her name um annabelle Terdione, is that right yeah yeah it's good yeah <laughs> she'll approve i think <laughs> <laughs> cool how did you how did you find her and um was this the first artist you found or was it a bit of a trial and error process uh, so I'll use the website called freelancer.com. Um, basically, it sounds a bit like that 99designs you previously mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, you post your project idea on there and all your requirements, what you want, want doing, and maybe your budget if you want. But then once it's posted, um, all the artists can then bid on the project for what they want to do your project for. Okay. Um, so you get everyone to a nice bit of more editor. Yeah. Is it very X Factor? Is it like because my cat died yesterday and <laughs> I can't afford the funeral costs? I mean literal literal bids. You know they bid the money. Oh, like, how much? Yeah. yeah, they bid how much money? Yeah. No, no sob stories. Or different Yeah. Um, but yeah, it came across that way, and then you've got to filter through a lot of. Um, like you get silly bids. Yeah, you get you get yeah. silly bids from like eastern countries where they say like oh, i'll do 25 page comic for 30 dollars it's like <laughs> will you though yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah I, I found annabella through there you know she That's she cool. showed me a portfolio on there as well and yeah we just went on from there and then yeah we're two books done now and we've got a great partnership from that i can't follow her. that's cool and where's she from uh, she's from spain okay so we've, we've okay. never met we've just message and stuff i so, love the digital world yeah it's cool uh, so in terms of um uh so did, you wrote the script did you write it sort of marvel style uh, for or like full script marvel style for people who don't know is uh you kind of just like an over overview of what happens and then the artist draws and then you script over the top of what they draw uh did you go that method or do you like the full script no that's an interesting method i've i've heard of like but uh yeah it's, it's maybe um I'm too restrained, uh, constrained with the script that everything's like 
yeah. scripted, everything's directed, the shots, everything. Yeah. I mean, because I think maybe I've come from a filmmaking background, I know exactly what I want. So, um, I mean, Annabella's free to, if she wants to have some input or, you know, oh, I think this look will look better, which she has done in this issue as well. Yeah. You know, I'm happy to, you know, work with that. Or, But I definitely from, yeah, I'm just, everything's on the script kind of thing there. Yeah. Sure. Actually, baby. Yeah, and uh, you say someone else said the letters last time, uh, but you're doing the lettering this time. Is that easy to do? That, uh, I know it's a whole art in itself. Like I just don't really know that much about lettering the the process, to be honest. I neither do I, to be honest. But it's not. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have. I don't have the budget anymore yeah. um, to do that. Um, so I've been reading a load of comics, just <laughs> looking at the lettering and doing some online courses and. Hopefully, it'll turn out, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, I would, I would have loved to have had a letter on board, but it's just, I mean, it's not in the budget, and it's a new skill. You know, maybe I'll have at the end of the day. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 Go on, Dad. I was just going to say. So obviously, you do a lot with all your comics and your filmmaking. And you work full time. What does an average day look like for you? A nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I'm like on three different shifts every week, so I don't have a routine at all. Um, oh. So it's like nights, late, early. So it's I'm all over the place. Really, it's just from when what, I get home. What is your day job, by the way? Are you a, uh, like a medium? Are you a, do you <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Ghost Island's based on me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's actually a biography. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I work in a car factory. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah. I hate cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. Um, so, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's what people have to do, though, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, if you're trying to get into this kind of industry, there are hundreds of people, maybe some listening, that do have that job and are dreaming of, of creating these things. And obviously, the end goal is trying to... Well, for for us, it's full-time. I mean, is it for you? Yeah. Um, I would love to, um, but I'm just plugging away, trying to just make... Just enjoy what I'm creating at the moment. You know what I mean? If you can enjoy that and have maybe the day, day job from hell... Well, yeah. you've got to have balance, haven't you? I mean, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so are you, are you just basically concentrating on Ghost Island now? So you finish that all five issues, or do you think you'll um, maybe have a little jaunt after like a, a one-shot issue of something else, or what's the plan there? I'd love to do a one-shot issue, but it's yeah. my ideas are just too like big to get it on twenty-five pages <laughs> or something. Yeah, that, that that's what happened with issue one. You know, I just like got carried away and. I got up to page 25 and they hadn't even got to the island yet. I was like, oh, bloody hell. <laughs> 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 I have to do 30 pages. So. Yeah. Um, but I've got two other series planned. I've got um, 2084 I was telling you about the, before I started Ghost Island. That's being coloured at the moment and that's bringing it to life a bit now. Okay. And I'm doing hopefully another Kickstarter in October for uh, like a Canadian folklore horror uh, themed uh, graphic novel series. Yeah, mm. so I'm really excited. Is that gonna be like a similar sort of length as, as Ghost Island then? Uh, five issues, yeah, but I'm gonna be strict with myself and get it down to 25 pages. Okay, cool. I've got, I've got no more money. Yeah. 25 pages. <laughs> yeah. So how how confident are you in your Kickstarters? Because you seem to be that is your primary method for gathering funds and putting stuff out there. And obviously, I know some people find that a bit a bit tricky. And me personally, I've not. I've seen Luke and, and Ben put on their Kickstarter and. I've got a Kickstarter in the background that I'm looking at putting on when I have a bit of time to work on it. But it seems 
I know for me it feels like a gamble to put that as like your primary method of funding, but it seems to be working quite well for you. Well, the, the first one we we made the goal. Uh, it was quite low. We went on. Well, I went in low. Um, well, I saved money up to most of the funds, but it was primarily to pay for the uh, printing. So yeah. I went in low to try and get people on board to you know bite at this. That was my method. Um, and from that, then second issue, I, I went for the full amount. Then I mean, you know, I've got people in kind of thing, and hopefully you'll come back. And from the conventions that I done, like built built up a bit of a following that way. Yeah. And so, it, like you say, we kickstart. It's it's free publicity as well. I mean, you, you're on there. It's a platform, and people can see it everywhere around the world. It's the uh, the third biggest Kickstarter's first third biggest comic book publisher as well. Like it's in terms of it, com- yeah. comic book output, yeah, it puts out I think like forty um, percent of the comics in the world. There, there yeah. are there are people who go on Kickstarter looking for com- like yourself who go on like, <laughs> to looking for like cool comics as if it's his own publisher. It's just, it's mm. actually just me taking up all those <laughs> sales. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's an amazing platform. I mean. I, I don't know where I'd be without it. I mean, maybe I, I wouldn't have been able to do it possibly. Yeah. And like many others, but yeah, I'm just grateful for the platform. And as you say, it is daunting on Kickstarter. I wouldn't say I'm confident with it at all. Um, cause once you put it on there, you don't, I didn't know how it was going to go on the first day, um, on the se- second issue, but we got like 50 backers. I only got 60 backers on the first campaign. So, you know, it's, I think it's about building yourself up, building that platform and I just, think it's a comfort zone for you as well, just, right? Like uh, so, uh, Russell Nolte, who is a comic kind of guy in America, he he did a like a two thousand pound dollar campaign, then like three thousand dollar campaign, and then just this year in February he did a twenty thousand dollar campaign, and he he made it, and but like it just seems to be that comfort zone of just like uh, slowly building yourself up to to be comfortable with asking for that amount of money, or um, obviously you have to do like a bigger project to, to warrant that, but it has made me a lot more comfortable now of doing another one now that i know postage and now i don't i know i can work out exactly how much stuff is going to cost i think i'll have a better idea of what we can actually do but it's always going to be scary it's always jumping off a cliff that, that first issue i had and you talk about postage i have to tell it i, I had a nightmare with postage on the first issue how much what that, would you go on. Go on. i was just going to say was it uh how much more expensive was it than you thought it was going to be <laughs> It was supposed to pay for that. That Kickstarter was just the, supposed to pay for um, the printing costs of the book, and I didn't realize Kickstarter takes ten percent as well. Yeah. And so when I got to the post office, I wasn't left with much for the postage. Yeah. And the postage ended up costing because I only charged like two pounds for the like uh, was it three pounds for like abroad, like America, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Anywhere, anywhere else. So that's less than the thing anyway, right? It's like five pounds and upwards, I think. I ended up costing about seven pounds uh, to post abroad, and yeah. I had like six, sixty copies, and yeah. <laughs> it killed me. Yeah, I need to do another Kickstarter immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you reckon anyone's ever done a Kickstarter to pay for the mistake from the first Kickstarter? <laughs> pay for my postage from my previous Kickstarter. It, it was nearly me. So. <laughs> yeah. So what would that be? Your if you were to give one piece of advice to someone who sat there wondering whether they should press the go live button on Kickstarter. Would would that be your first bit of advice or, or is there something something else you'd share? Well, what's this other than the um, postage? Or? Check your postage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so postage. if there's someone just sat there going, oh, I don't know, what would be your one bit of advice for them? 
Yeah, just try and account for everything that you 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 need and not w- want. Um, you know, in terms of money, um, because you know, don't kill yourself over trying to. If you can't make the Kickstarter goal, then you're not just don't break yourself because of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I've think got. People must, oh, go on. No, no, you go. I think people must also, if you're if people like yourself are shopping on kickstarter for comics there must also be an expectation that you're going to be paying a little extra anyway for something that is independent so i don't think people would mind too much if you did just knock up that price an extra pound or two just to cover your own costs yeah oh yeah definitely it's, a, it's like a startup isn't it i mean you mm. like a startup business for it yeah uh, uh, so just to just because i've got to just something for i still feel like uh, i'm sort of in the mind for it i would just tell people if they're going to do it just make some sample packages and just ship them out and then you'll get like you'll start to get an idea of how much stuff costs and how big and like what <laughs> what uh, category things can go in and um yeah I, I think it's just one of those things that you don't know until you've done it like you just mm. don't know yeah exactly the first the first kickstarter campaign i learned so much made so many mistakes made made some good took some good points away from it and then the, i think i think the second one was better for it yeah uh, yeah we almost tripled the, the back account as well. So yeah, um, I think that's like the main aim, right? Just to get as sort of as many readers as you can get in there into yeah, the funnel. Just, basically, just get the first one out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, do you see you, you're a filmmaker? Uh, do you see Ghost Island sort of um, going transmedia? Maybe like doing a podcast series, or you know, like or a short film based around it, or anything like that? Or do you just see it just being comic books? Well, the dream is to get the Netflix series deal. That is the dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I could go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I could just so see it as a. Uh, it would be perfect for it. Like each episode would go into like a ghost past, and you go into the origins of that, and you know everyone, an episode back to the island, and find out about more about the characters, and you know dip in, dip out kind of thing. Um, so that's the it's dream fun. goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the stretch goals for the Ghost Island Kickstarter, if we got past the the goal would have been like an audio drama so like i was saying before about the music adding some music and i wanted to add some like voice actors into it as well and so you could follow the pages and you know while you're listening to these guys um perform it with some sound effects and just so I, I, yeah i, I love them like immersion and things like and just like the full experience for people to yeah you know just absorb it all yeah what mm. you should do should Get like a sensory deprivation tank. Invite <laughs> people around. Put them in there with a reading light in a comic. Maybe the next Kickstarter campaign that can be the top goal. Yeah, the ultimate yeah. reading experience. You literally yeah. can't sense anything else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, so I think we like we're pretty much there for like questions and stuff. Um, have you got any a visit you wanted to ask then? To ask you guys? No. Oh, oh sorry. No, uh, Dan, have you got any other questions? Um. <laughs> I was going to say on the whole transmedia thing, like potentially, go, could you imagine Ghost Island as a VR? A VR, that's a cool idea. That could that could be fun. Yeah, really cool. But then, yeah, like, uh, how how does one do that? I know uh, I know some game developers who do sort of VR stuff, but like they work on one tiny thing for about five years. Like, yeah. it seems a little bit I don't know. Difficult did you see the um the Stranger Things VR? No. Oh yeah. I did. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. You actually sit. You're actually in the house, and you can go around and look, and it's got like the lights on the wall lighting up, and then things oh, are like going cool. off behind you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That next tip. Next tip for you: Comic Con table. Bring a VR headset and get yeah. yourself 
yeah. <laughs> get something on there. Yeah. That'd have people <laughs> queuing up for the table. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I did have a, a question actually. So, um, so because you got you got Kickstarter coming in October, and then the the, the say like the ice. What did you say? The other one was sorry. There's like a cold. You got the 2084, and then you've got another yeah. series planned as well, right? Yeah, that's called Whisper in the Woods. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. So, what would be what would you say like is the minimum uh, product that you need to have for a pitch? Do you know what I mean to go onto Kickstarter? Because we went in with uh, cover and five pages, but I know some people have told us that that's probably not the best thing to do is to have the whole issue ready anyway. But mm-hmm. I don't know how you do that financially. Uh, what? What? I just want to get your thoughts on it, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's perfectly fine. I think what you said with the cover and just you've got to have some artwork you know you can't just say have a long blog post saying what it's about you know you need to people are visual you know they need to see what your ideas are you know it's but i'd say you know maybe five ten pages i mean i i go further in kind of thing so i've just got more uh artwork to share you know on social media and yeah. build up some buzz you know and then um, like for the last campaign i i posted every single day for two months to try and you know build up the buzz, and yeah. I think it definitely worked, you know definitely contributed to that opening day. Um, but I'd say perfectly fine, just five ten pages, as as many as you can, but don't bust your balls trying to. Don't bust your balls. <laughs> yeah. Quotation yeah. from uh, Joe Oliveri. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's going on the grave stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, well, I think that's. Pretty much it for now. Uh, we've got to hear what's next for Joey. Is there anything else other than the, uh, the October campaign that you sort of want to talk about, or or anything on the cards? Um, well, I'm starting my own podcast. Are you? It's like a horror podcast. Okay. Uh, it's called Don't Go to Sleep, and um, basically it's true accounts of um, like people's stories. Of there's a subreddit called Let's Not Meet, and it's yeah. like these stories people post. Uh, where they have creepy encounters with people yeah. and like sinister situations. And basically what I'm doing is getting a bunch of voice actors to read out the stories and adding some music and some like sound effects and just like I was saying, <coughs> complete horror audio experience. Yeah. And I'm okay. trying to launch that within the next two or three weeks. Two or three weeks. Okay, nice. cool. Um, yeah. If you want, if you ever want any advice on, Podcast stuff. We, we, that's yeah, what we that, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cool, man. So we've got like the, the quick fire round. Some people are always a little bit surprised, but as you listen to the show, uh, you might have expected it coming. Um, so are you ready, Dan? Yes. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, I'll shoot if you want. Go for it. Um, okay. Your favorite member of the Beatles? Uh, Lennon. Would you rather live in a world where you're constantly bored or constantly bombarded with entertainment? Uh, bombard of entertainment. What's your favourite building? The live building. Uh, Batman or uh, Spider-Man? Batman. What was the last book or comic that you read? Ooh. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I failed. Smash the buzzer. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Comic, uh, I don't... Sorry. That's okay. Uh, the, the one person you'd want to meet? Ah, oh, bloody hell. Will Ferrell. <laughs> nice. What's your biggest hobby outside of writing? Making cars. Crazy <laughs> <laughs> cars. Uh, watching films. Your uh, favorite writer? Oh, yeah. These are hard. Uh, George Orwell. 
What was the worst birthday present you ever received? Leather gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the last question: Would you come back on the show? Uh, maybe, we, maybe when you're doing the next campaign, or maybe when you maybe talk about some horror podcast right. stuff. That's always fun. Yeah, mm. sure, man. Uh, out of curiosity, what is the worst birthday present that you ever received, Dan? Um, it's a car sponge. So, the mini story behind that is that my birthday is in March, and my nan, my yeah, there's a story. My nan basically bought me this sponge just after Christmas because it was on sale. It was like 50p in a garage. Um, and I sold my car in January, but she gave it to me anyway, despite knowing <laughs> I sold my car because she bought it before I sold my car. It's an investment. It was an investment. You will need to use um, it at some point. Yeah, yeah. That, that sponge is is now just in a frame uh, yeah. on my wall to remind me of, of how much is I'm it really? It's not really, is it? It's, I, <laughs> no. I really wish that was true. My, uh, no, it's in the bin. My dad's <laughs> in the bin, straight in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my, the worst thing I've ever seen, uh, my dad got my mum for Christmas, um, like a remote control for TV. And <laughs> I remember thinking, that's, I was like five and I was like, that is the worst present I've ever seen in my life. That's, <laughs> just, mom, that's an odd present. Yeah. Did, did the previous TV not have a remote? No, he, did, he just wanted a better, my dad wanted a better remote for the TV and he bought it as a present for my mum. Oh, and they hadn't brought out the Harry Potter wand remotes yet. Okay. Yeah, not yet. No, no. <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, so, um, yeah, Jay, where can we follow you and your work? Um, so, uh, I'm on Twitter, just Joey911. Ghost Island's on Facebook, Ghost Island Comic. Uh, we're on Instagram as well, Ghost Island Comic, and Twitter as well, we also, uh, The Ghost Island. Also, go to Kickstarter and follow you there, because uh, I follow you there, and I can see what you're backing. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you just get emails <laughs> every day then? Yeah, I do, yeah, from everyone. I'm, back, I'm following a lot of people. Um nice. Okay, so a quick thanks to Disaster Peace for the intro and outro music, ACAS for hosting the podcast, the listeners for listening, our patrons are at patreon.com, and thanks to Dan, my co-host, for being here, because without you I'd be alone. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, so this... Who, who we got on next? I don't know now. Um, maybe Monica? Monica Leonel? It's all jumbled up at the minute, so there will be another episode and there will be person, people talking <laughs> on it. So expect that to happen. Okay, all right, I'm going to sign off here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh, and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, eh? Anyway, toodle pip. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.